Yo, partnership alert, partnership alert, partnership alert. Living Corporate has a partnership with LinkedIn Learning, an American massive open online course provider that provides video courses taught by industry experts across a wide array of subjects. Now, the partnership is because Living Corporate has courses on LinkedIn Learning focused on diversity, equity, inclusion for leaders, career professionals, and anyone really looking to upskill themselves and be better allies. So make sure you check out our courses on LinkedIn Learning by clicking the link in the show notes. And let's just say you don't want to do that. You go to LinkedIn Learning on LinkedIn, search Living Corporate. We'll be right there. All right. Peace. Good morning. Welcome everyone to the group chat, Radical Change. I'm your host, Vonda Page, and um, happy 2022. I am super excited to welcome my guests that I have today on stage who are going to introduce themselves. But as much as that, I'm also super excited to welcome the audience to another edition of a Living Corporate Live talk show. And so for those who may not be familiar with the group chat, with Radical Change, what we do is first and foremost, amplify the experiences of black and brown professionals at work by sharing our stories, sharing our experiences, bringing thought leaders, professionals, um, and activists, writers, authors, all kinds of people um, that are really doing things that are driving radical change. So that is what my background is all around change leadership, um, digital transformation. I've been doing that for more than 37 years. Thankfully, I was able to retire from corporate America in 2021. So um, this is a new day. And with that being said, right, when we think about change and we think about, you know, um, how to think about the experiences that black and brown professionals and women as well as non-binary people have in corporate spaces, we know it's harmful and we know it's traumatic. Now, hopefully this isn't your first uh, show that you've seen um, and hopefully you've had the opportunity to see one that's featured Jackie Abram, who wrote an amazing book series, Hush Money series, Hush Money book series. Um, and I'm gonna let her talk about it, but that book is really the catalyst for this conversation that we're having today. So while I get my dog together um, and get on mute for a minute, I want Jackie to go first, introduce herself. Um, then I want to go to uh, Alyssa and Jana. And then Jackie, if you could just give us a little recap, right, around the book and where we started. And then hopefully by then, Barley will have herself together and we'll be good to go. So I'll talk to y'all in a second. Jackie, take it away. All right. Well, thank you as always for that marvelous introduction, Vonda. And, um, you know, my name is Jackie Abram. I am the author of an international best-selling and award-winning book called Hush Money, How One Woman Proved Systemic Racism in Her Workplace and Kept Her Job. And I'm excited to, to just kind of talk to you a little bit about it today because I'll be honest with you, um, as I've mentioned in, in many of the previous interviews that I've done, um, writing a book was never something that I, I dreamed about, that I wanted to do. It was the furthest thing from my mind. It was never in my career plan because I had a lucrative career in higher education. Uh, you know, I had a career that paid me 
six figures. You know, I worked in finance. So, you know, when you talk about writing, writing is something I, I really wasn't thinking about because I'm a number cruncher. Okay. I, I, I crunch numbers for a living. And so I had this job. I was really good at it. I loved it. And I was exceptional at it. And I like to always put emphasis on that. I was exceptional at my job. And by any measure, it really should have been a successful job, but it wasn't. And the reason it wasn't is because over the almost two decades that my career spanned, I kept finding myself uh, becoming the repeated victim of racism in the workplace and not the kind that you see reflected in a lot of the, the movies, the TV shows and the books about racism that occurred you know, decades ago where it was easily spotted, it was overt. You could point at it and say, yes, that's racism. So what I dealt with in my career, what my daughters dealt with in their careers and what so many of us deal with in our careers is not the overt, easily spotted kind, it's the covert, it's the hidden kind that is so much harder to prove. And so that's where my book has just really been beneficial to a lot of people is because it actually brings exposure to what we're dealing with today, where modern day racism has morphed and it's now this hidden aspect of attacking us where we hurt, but doing it in such a way that many of us can't prove it. And so you're left with the devastation to your life and your career. Um, you're, you're left with the devastation of losing your livelihood. And then as if that's not bad enough, you are dealing with racial trauma. And the racial trauma component of my book is, I think, what's resonating with people the most because people don't really like to talk about racial trauma. You know, they like to gloss over that. They don't want to know what the impact is of the racism on that individual. But, you know, when people talk to me about that, and I'll, I'll give you an example. There was a person who reached out to me on LinkedIn, and uh, it was a, a male and he said, you know, I've heard about your book. It sounds fascinating. It sounds very interesting. But I'm not going to read it because I've heard that it's gut-wrenching and it's painful. And I don't want to put myself through that pain. And so when I heard that, I, I you know me, I'm going to give you straight talk. You know, you're going to get it straight. No chaser, you know, no sugar at it. That's, that's how I roll. And so I turned it back on him and I said, well, if you think reading about what we're experiencing in the workplace is difficult, try living it. Try having your life completely destroyed. Try being targeted by multiple races who are conspiring against you under the influence of a leader <clears throat> and targeting you. And not only to hurt you, but to decimate to you, to destroy you to the point where you can't recover. So that's where my book is just resonating with so many people. Um, it had humble beginnings after my career in higher education was killed by racists, multiple racists who targeted me. Um, I wrote this book with my daughter. Um, again, we don't have a background in writing, so we didn't know what to do with it after we wrote it. So uh, we paid $22 to have this cover created. 
And uh, then we had it uh, printed on Amazon and sold it from the trunk of our car to to black people and people of color in our neighborhood, as well as white people who said, you know, we know racism is wrong. We don't understand it. We've never been through it, but we want to help. And from those humble beginnings, it is now an international bestseller. And I, I just couldn't be more thrilled. I couldn't, I couldn't be more thrilled. <laughs> I couldn't be more thrilled. Because as a as a person who, you know, has experienced multiple, you know, uh, instances of racial trauma, you know, um, throughout my career, you know, like I told you many times, like I've said on this uh, show and many times, like I've said to every person I've talked to since you wrote the book, I basically, there's not a person that I have had a conversation with since you wrote the book that I haven't said, you got to get this book, you got to get this book, you got to yes. hear my podcast because you got to hear I, I have because it, I say if you read this book, you're going to know what I've been going through and yes. you're going to know what every person who looks like me, that's my age and older or younger, who's ever had any job in a white institution, yes. whether it's a corporate sector in insurance, tech, finance, mm -hmm. healthcare, education, nonprofit, it, we've all had the same experience and yes. to see your experience on paper or to yes. hear it being read to you by another woman and to feel it. I mean, that shit is deep, y'all. And yes. it is life changing. And so I am probably Jackie's number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if I'm not, I'm vying for that. And I would like that title. So, you know, I'm going to give it to myself. Um, Sounds good. For her to be able to do that. I mean, the level of, of <laughs> vulnerability and 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 to to let the world the whole world see your pain like that well and i'll be honest with you vonda you know it's it's interesting i'll just kind of take you through for a minute the process that i went through so when i decided to write the book with my daughters you know, it's interesting. You have people in your immediate circle, in your family circle, and then you have a circle of friends. And a lot of times when you're doing something that's just ultra bold, you know, ultra courageous, that really just shows you in all of your flaws and your vulnerabilities, you know, you really don't get a lot of support from the people that you think would be there to support you the most. And the reason you get a a lot of pushback is because of fear. Fear is what keeps us silent. Fear is what keeps us from trying to, to do something different because we're afraid. We're afraid of being humiliated. You know, I, I cannot tell you how many people said you're humiliating yourself. Why are you putting yourself out there like that? You're, you know, people are laughing at you. You know, they're, they're, they don't support you. You're being laughed at. And so, while you're while you're suffering with your own trauma and you're trying to tell your story in a real and authentic way, you're getting a lot of pushback, and the pushback is coming from people who are closest to you. That is so sad to hear, mm -hmm. um, because all I got from it, just like when I first read the memo right in 2019 by Menda Hart, all I got from it was. 
I just felt like such immense gratitude that somebody could actually do that because it's a gift to me. That's why I don't give a crap if your book is $100. I'm still going to buy 10 of them every time I can because you you gave me a gift and you're giving all of us a gift. And you're not even just giving a gift to black women and brown women and Asian women and African. You're giving a gift to humanity about here is how you can take something terrible that we are all a victim of and party to at the same time and we can do something good and we can make something better out of it. Here's a roadmap to do it, right? And then comes along people like Alyssa and Jana, right? And so let's get into that a little bit. So um, let's talk about Hey V, hey V. Yeah. We haven't introduced ourselves yet. So oh, okay. So I came back faster than I thought. You did. You did. So I'll introduce myself and I'll like set up Jana, and then yeah, we'll let Jana get into it because that's really one of the biggest features I think is bringing Jackie and Jana together. I think that's absolutely be yes. Um, and I am also one of Jackie's biggest fans. I'm so tickled to be here with her. Um, and I agree exactly what you said when you are vulnerable and you tell your story, you're surprised at how many people don't necessarily support it or they undermine you in a way. My name is Alyssa Stamps. I'm CEO and co-founder of Interior Quality. And one of the biggest reasons that was possible is because I found people like Dana that said, hey, I see you, I've been there, I support you. And the reason we were connected is because Jana wrote this really powerful blog series on her website. I think your company posted part one yesterday, Jana. So if people go check out that LinkedIn page because it's part one of the blog. It's a powerful read and I reached out to you immediately. And we connected right after that. So I'd love to tee up Dana because she created something beautiful out of her pain as well. And in a way, it's perfectly partnered with Jackie and Hushman. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Uh, Jackie, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I, I am going to get the book. You, I'm talked into it. Um, and, you know, I want to point out, too, like, I, I do, I mean, I have my story. Everybody has their story, but I do feel... You know, I do um, know that I am a person of privilege and my story is very different than yours, but there are some similarities. Um, and so I really appreciate you telling your story because I don't know um, what it's like. Um, and so that's why I feel like I do want to read the story because I do feel, and there's lots of similarities though, in regards to the feelings that come with it, right? Yes. So I think that that's why our stories are so similar. Um, I would say, so I'm Jana Morin, CEO and co-founder of Speakfully. Um, and uh, Speakfully was created uh, about four years ago now. Um, and it was based off of a personal experience that I had of my own. Uh, it, I was unfortunately um, put in a spot where I was mistreated and harassed by my superior, who was a C-level employee um, in an 800-employee um, um, company. And it happened over a time of, I would say, a little over a year um, throughout that time, you know, it's super interesting because you think about it. Um, if someone was to tell me months before it started happening or even throughout it, I would have told you exactly what I would have done. <laughs> but when you're in it, it's a much different experience. And so that's another thing that it's really hard when people 
think that they understand. And so I understand what you're saying when people think that they know what they would do if they were you or um, all of these different scenarios. And it's like, no, you don't because you aren't specifically me and you aren't in the exact scenario that I'm in. And once you are in that exact scenario, which you never will be, because you're not me and you're not in this exact scenario, <laughs> um, you then you will know what it feels like, but you, no one's ever in anyone else's same situation either. So um, it's a lot different than what you think it's gonna be like in what you feel like you would do um, versus what actually ends up happening when you're in it. It's just a very different experience. Um, so, and, and there's lots of reasons for that too, because I, I mean, I, I'm like you, Jackie, where I'm like, I'm tell it like it is, there's no sugarcoating it. There's no way that anybody would do these things to me and they wouldn't do these things to me number one because of my personality because of that I know that they wouldn't and number two um, I wouldn't let them do it because of my personality but that just goes all out the window when you are experiencing it. and it sounds like and I'm excited to hear more about it and read more about it about these little things right it's not just black and white there's lots of gray that happen in between and that's why it's really hard to explain when you are you know six months, a year, however long into it. And all of a sudden, like, how did I get here? And it's because of a series of 20 different things that happened. And you can't go and explain it to someone because you tell them one story and they'll say, oh, well, yeah, that's weird. That's kind of odd. But if you told them all 20, they're like, oh, oh my, wow. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's not normal. You know, so it's like one of those things that you can't explain because it takes too long to explain. You got to write a book about it. <laughs> so that's where, you know, that's where it comes to truly understand it so i ended up leaving this organization there's a whole long story about it um but i left the organization um over time you know i was reflecting a lot on what i wish i would have had as an employee during that time yes. but also what i wish the organization would have had in order for me to come forward sooner than what i did mm -hmm. the day of exit which is not like me and my personality at all so between the two of those um we've created a couple different products that allow for um, employees to be able to say, uh, speak up and have a voice in a safe way, um, but also give the organization some, hold them accountable, hopefully allow them to be more transparent with their employees, but give them some data and analytics so that they can get in front of some of these smaller issues before they become big ones, which is what we see, I mean, in the press on a daily basis now. I mean, yes. it's... It's so sad, but it is every, it's, it's daily. And it just has, it's not like it's gotten better since the Me Too movement or since even right. Black Lives Matter. It hasn't gotten better. I know that it's going to, but. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, if I can just add to that for a minute, you know, that's one of the reasons I think that my book is spreading around the world right now the way mm -hmm. it is, because, you know, not only does it give you the ability to see and feel you know, what's happening to us in the workplace. But, you know, like Vonda said, it also gives you a roadmap on how to navigate those horrific waters and how to actually, you know, fight it successfully, survive the battle, win the war, and if you want to, keep your job. And so that's why, you know, people are, you know, flocking to my book because it actually gives you a success story, a roadmap. It's a survival guide. And because this is, you know, the beginning of a brand new year, you know, and Alyssa knows this about me. I have a thing about days of the week and beginnings. And I feel like I look for as many opportunities 
to do things new and better as possible. So to me, right, every Saturday is the beginning of a new week. Every Sunday is the beginning of a new week. And every Monday is the beginning of a new week. Every beginning of a new month is like the first, you know, the first of the month. And I'll start again and be like, okay, the eighth is almost like the first. So because this is the first um, radical change uh, episode, right, this year for the group chat, what I want to do is I want people to start, even if you already went to work this week, right, at your corporate job, um, Mm -hmm. what I want you to do is I want you to start your year out being able to uh, track and keep track of your experiences at work. So not that you're waiting until 10 things have happened. So right right now on LinkedIn, Mm I am seeing, I want to talk about two things. One, I'm seeing all these announcements, people saying they got their new job. I finally Mm -hmm. got this job. I got Mm -hmm. my title. I got this, right? So the, the market, the job market is reacting to people being paid shitty. Mm -hmm. It's being react, it's reacting to people, uh, um, you know, um, speaking out Mm -hmm. and holding, uh, corporations accountable. Um, it's reacting to that and people are getting new jobs, right? You see the uh, article this morning about, um, everybody's friend, Tim Apple, Tim Cook, Tim Cook, right? All his money. Okay. All his money. Right. Um, cause none of them, you know, I, literally right all his money right yeah, uh, the, money. Four, uh, the four microsoft or google people that made a whole bunch of millions a couple mm-hmm. days ago right mm-hmm. all of this stuff happening meanwhile you have rich people out here saying that people don't want to work because people don't want to work for six dollars and be spit on and had a mask pulled off and cussed that right. and screamed at and so mm-hmm. they're calling everybody lazy including mm-hmm. knowledge workers who would like to stay home to protect themselves from the pandemic mm-hmm. and from hate crimes of all right. natures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's be real with it. Right. Right. Um, if you don't have, um, you know, certain uh, levels of testosterone and certain genitalia, your life right. is at risk every time you step out the door. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you add melanin on top of that. Mm-hmm. Then we got a mm-hmm. whole nother thing. This is where we are Mm -hmm. in 2022. No sugar coating it. Mm -hmm. No um, need to BS around it. So let's do what we need to do to prepare and to empower, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. out here to from the door right now, let's Mm -hmm. do what we need to do to number one, document and and care for ourselves in these harmful workplaces Mm-hmm. Number two, educate and and collaborate with people who say they care about us in the <coughs> workplaces. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's start there. So Jackie, it's a brand new year. Um, you know, Tamika going to her job tomorrow. New day, first day, new job. She might be a senior director. She mm-hmm. might be an analyst. How does she need to set herself up mm-hmm. for success? To be able to guard not just her intellectual property and how she do her job, because we already know women, when we go to work, non-binary people, we go to work, queer community, if we outlive in who we are, when we go to work, we excellent anyway, because right. we already know we're being judged at a different level. Mm-hmm. So I'm not talking about anybody's job performance. I'm talking about 
how you're treated in the workplace and how you maintain your personal values and and do what you need to do at the same time. Let's give people the roadmap right here, right now, 2022, so they can be ready. Okay. So, um, you know, the most important thing I think of when I think of anyone uh, joining the workplace, you know, and, and you can do this regardless of where you are in your career journey. You know, if, if just like Vonda said, if you are someone who just got a new job, you're brand new on that job, that's great. But if you're in the middle of your career and you've been there for years, you can always start with protecting yourself because one of the models I have is, you want to, you know, hope for the best, but you want to prepare for the worst. And if you keep that model in mind in everything you do, you're going to find it <clears throat> easier to protect yourself when discrimination, no matter what type of discrimination it is, it can be racial discrimination, like what we're dealing with. But there are so many other types that what I teach in my book actually applies to help you navigate and survive those waters. So the very first thing that I would do, there's two things you want to do right out of the gate. You want to, first of all, you know, do some research on Google. <clears throat> you want to Google the list of two party, uh, or excuse me, one party consent states. Okay. You want to find out if the state that you are currently working in is a one party consent state. Why is that important? It's important because if you live in a one-party consent state, like in the state of Texas, for example, or the state of Colorado, for example, federal law actually allows you to secretly record conversations that you are involved with. That is huge, especially with today's day and age. You know, we've got our we've got our smartphones here. We've got little you know, recording devices that we can actually attach to our phone and disguise it under a lapel pin. And so when that manager calls you into their office, you are prepared for that meeting. You've already turned on your recording app on your phone. You've got your microphone attached to a nice little flower lapel pin or something to disguise it. Or and your Apple Watch. There you go. You've got some way to actually record. Recordings do wonders for proving your case, okay? But you can only do that if you are in a one-party consent state that allows you by federal law to secretly record any conversation that you are involved with. You know, for example, right now, if I wanted to, I could record this conversation because I'm involved in it. You don't want to eavesdrop and record a conversation between a manager and another manager because that's illegal. But if you are having a conversation with your manager, you are allowed to record it. But let me just tell you this. That's not going to always be foolproof for you. And here's why. You can turn your recording on when you know that you are going into this meeting. But what happens in the case where you're walking down the hall to the break room and the manager stops you and starts spewing some shit at you, right? Okay, you didn't have your recording on. You're not prepared for that. So how do you keep track of that data so that you don't lose sight of what just happened to you at on January 8th at 9.29 a.m. in the hallway with Vonda, Alyssa, and Jana? 
you have to have a way to keep track of that because a lot of people give into something called recency syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't document it then and there, then a week from now, when something new happens, you're going to forget about and what and happened. You think that you're going to remember too, and you're not. And Fine. you're not. Remember, you're not. You might remember. You're not, not going to remember the details that you need. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So you want to have both of these methods. You want to have your ability to record if you are in a one party consent state, but you also need a backup method. And I'll tell you the method that I show you in my book is something so simple, doesn't cost any money. You basically, you can do it. It's exactly, you can go on, log into Speakfully. You didn't know about Speakfully then, but what I will tell you is that they can go and we give them a very good, easy way to document in in our platform for free for individuals who whose orgs don't have it. So keep going. Yeah, so I'm glad you put the website up because that's awesome. I'm so glad you did. So we didn't have that back then when she was going through her issue. So what she did is she actually went to Microsoft Word, you know, it's a, a, a word processing software, and she created a document. She named that document Daily Log, and she gave it a three-column uh, headers, you know, date, time, and description. <clears throat> so let's say she's walking down the hallway to the break room. And her manager stops her and says something to her, you know, that she feels is important enough. It's inappropriate enough. It's it's vital to what she's doing is what she's doing is she's slowly laying out her case. Mm -hmm. She's going to run back to her office, open up this document that she's created, her daily log, Mm -hmm. and she's going to give it um, an entry. So she's going to say, okay, um, January 8th at 9.29 a.m., you know, I was on my way to the break room. I was walking down the hall and Jana stopped me. Jana said, you know, uh, I don't like your hair or whatever Jana said, you know, something that she felt was relevant. She's going to write it down. She's going to save it. That Mm -hmm. is huge because now you've got a living document. Mm -hmm. It takes you all of literally one minute to go back and document what happened. But then five years into your career, when you've got a thousand of these little entries, it really paints a vivid picture of what happened to you. Without that documentation, you cannot prove it. And and so uh, Alyssa and I talked about this, um, Jackie, over the holiday, and I was just typing a, um, something in the chat for people. So mm-hmm. if you have an iPhone, and I've only had iPhones, I've only had one Android phone, and I couldn't work it, so I got rid of it. <laughs> I know it works on iPhone, iWatch, the Apple Watch, and iPad. What you can easily do with literally one click is hit your voice memo and make a voice recording. Not only does it record you verbatim, right? But it also puts the date, time, and location stamp of where you made it. Mm -hmm. Then just with one other click, you can share it to your own Google Drive or iCloud Mm -hmm. or an email Mm -hmm. to send to your lawyer or wherever you want, just like that. And the best thing about that using an external device, your own device, is that you don't even have to use their uh, laptop to type anything in, right? And so depending on what type of organization 
that you work for, okay, especially if you work for a tech or a finance company or a publicly traded company or a startup or any tech company, right, basically Mm -hmm. probably 90% of all companies, um, all of your uh, things that you do on that uh, corporate device are tracked. Mm -hmm. So even though they cannot stop you from uploading your own email to yourself and sending yourself an email, they can't stop that, but they can monitor your traffic. Okay. So they will know Jackie emailed her personal Jackie account 18 times. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to look to make sure they know what you sent. So that's right. And and then depending on the level of encryption that you know how to deal with and things that you may or may not know how to do, they'll know that you are sharing something with yourself and you're documenting. So what I want to do also, you know, I have this thing about, you know, using the master's tools against them, not just the way that they want to use them. So we have to use all of these things that we may not have ever thought about. We have to do this type of documentation. And, you know, I talked about this even in a list of the conversation we had about that you hate feeling like you got to document every damn thing. But we have a history of not being believed of That's not right. being taken seriously, of leaders not being held accountable. And That's so right. we have to do it. So that means by any means necessary. So you have technology tools in your own hands. So for people mm-hmm. who say, I don't have time to take a journal. I'm not good at writing. I can't remember everything that happened. Soon as it happened, you could be like, okay, just came out the room with Brian. He said this, ABC, and now I have to do this. And he said it in this way, and he did this, and he did that, blah, 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 boom. Now and then you're done. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it's good because either you can spend those few minutes documenting it now, or you can spend hours trying to put all of this together, and it never works. It never works if you have not been prepared when it happens mm-hmm. because they start coming at you too fast. Well, and it's always the moment that you like, – I mean, we're not sitting here where – I mean, it sounds like it, but we're not talking like you used to go document every conversation you have and every anything, right? But we're talking about like the times where you know, you feel it. Yes. Like that's just that weird gut feeling. Yes. And everyone knows what we're, I mean, everyone knows what we're talking about. And so it's not like every conversation you ever have, you need to be doing this. But when you have that off feeling and you want to push it away because you're like, oh, it just, it, maybe it's, it's probably just a bad day or they didn't mean it like that or whatever. No, even regardless, even if they didn't like, let's just, let's just be optimistic (laughs) and say that they didn't mean it. Okay, fine. Well, still go and write about it because then you'll still have it. You'll still have it there. You'll have the feelings, the time, the, you know, everything is going to be very specific versus again, if you're thinking, because this is exactly what I thought, if you're thinking, oh, it's fine, it's not, I mean, it's, it's it, it, I feel like, especially as just women in general, we're always just like, oh, it's, you know, it's not that bad, it's fine, I'm overreacting, I'm, I'm overthinking it, so I'm not going to, you know, we're always told that we react, we're overreactors, we're too sensitive, so I think that, you know, that's one of the things that we initially think, but no, if you have that gut feeling, go and do it regardless of whether you met you and maybe you won't have to maybe you will never have to look at it again maybe it will just be a one-off thing but probably won't be so just go and do it that's the biggest thing i feel like yeah Yeah. vonda you 
you made a good point about not emailing on a company email. Something that I had to do when I was going through my situation is I was getting on my personal email on my phone and documenting it that way, but it was messy. And Jackie's brought up some really good points of how to make it more organized. And I feel like this is a really good time to talk about what the Speakfully One product is, because it is free, Jana, and it does hit on what Jackie is talking about, about mm -hmm. making sure that you document, you have a lot. Yes, would you, would you mind talking about it? Yeah, sure, so you can go to our website, um, you can create an account, it's free, um, it, and the purpose, you know, is exactly scenarios that we're talking about right now, is we want to make sure that individuals had some way to be able to go and document any experiences they had um, in an easy way and then all in one spot and it gives them the ability to export it as a pdf once they're complete so they can continue to log it it timestamps it not only does it timestamp when you actually log it but it also asks if it was a different day than the day that you logged it because obviously sometimes it might be a delay um, but if we if they're doing it in, at, in the moment, then hopefully it wouldn't be, and it just would time stand exactly. But sometimes you just you just can't do it right away. Um, so, but you yeah. would have your voice memo, and so right what now, you would so do is fine. all you have to do you you look right here and you yeah. sit it down and you can yeah. type the information in as you're getting it. You will have mm -hmm. the day, the time, and the location of where mm -hmm. you were, the mm -hmm. geolocation mm -hmm. to the nearest exactly. Mr. Google Tower. So exactly. there you go. Well, and you also have, a, we also have the ability for each time you go in and write something to add something as an attachment. So I had a lot of screenshots of Slack messages, of emails, of all of those things. And so you can add it in as an attachment as well. Um, so there is, you know, the free, the free version is meant for people who are experiencing these types of things. Their organization has nothing like it that they could do it through them, or maybe they just aren't ready to do that. So they can go in and do that in the free, the free version that we have. So, you know, it sounds like an incredible product. Um, you know, Vonda, I don't know if it's possible, but you know, I'm one of those people, um, I'm a visual learner. So mm -hmm. I don't know if maybe one day we can do a demonstration. I mean, I was going to say you can totally, I mean, so I have not, um, I think, I think we can do it. So I think we, and we could totally do it now. It's totally fine. You could do it. You could either click on, if you want to click around. Or what we can do, Jana, is we can set up a time and we can yeah. do it, you know, and we could totally record it. And then that yeah. way we can have it out there for people and you okay. could just do a quick demo. Yeah. And, you know, we could, you know, uh, do, do a couple scenarios mm -hmm. uh, of actually what does it look like when a person is reporting. Yeah. Jackie, that is a great idea. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I'm the number one fan. And one thing that our project allows for, as well as for people to document for personal, right? So one of the feedback, some of the feedback we received was that this it could be also a good also a good tool for um, women dealing with domestic abuse, people going through divorce, people going through all the other things. And so there is a space for workplace, there's a space for personal, and so it can give the, the two options for them. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And, and I know, you know, just speaking personally as someone who has actually gone through, you know, years of discrimination and, you know, what my book outlines, you know, these are the kind of tools that people need because in a lot of cases when when people are dealing with discrimination, you know, their, their minds are so messed up behind what's happening to them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're frazzled. So they need something that's quick, that's easy, mm -hmm. that they know how to use. That's mm -hmm. why a tutorial 
is going to be, you know, priceless. It's going to be invaluable. So people can be proactive, see how to navigate your website on the front end, you know, versus on the back end when they're in the fray. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's going to change the game. Yes. Okay. I love it. So, so, okay. So documentation, we know that documentation is key and mm-hmm. we want people to think about that, especially right now at the beginning of the year. So that's one whole piece. Now let's let's take it to another another level, right? So mm-hmm. you know you have to document and and when you know that you got that feeling and, and you you decided to go ahead and listen to it and, and and acknowledge, you know, things are not how they're supposed to be, you still gotta go on. You still mm-hmm. gotta get dressed every day, get yourself together, either go into the office or sit on these meetings and you know, and, and you still gotta read the newspaper you know, and, 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 and do what you got to do. Let's start as we, you know, take the next, you know, 10 minutes or so to wrap down, let's start helping people think about that mindset and that how you go about, you know, doing what you need to do while this is happening and Mm -hmm. not that consume, right. You to where you get as depressed as Ebony, you know, got right. Mm -hmm. When she's like talking about, am I going to commit murder, Mm -hmm. homicide or suicide? Like she's like, trying because you get to that point and so let's give people some tools and some strategies and some ways right to in this moment even mm-hmm. if you're going through and it's terrible how to hang in there and Bonda, before if you'll just allow me just a couple of minutes before we segue there i just want to uh, say one more thing about the documentation you know so we talked about um We talked about doing the daily log, you know, having a living document where you are recording things as they occur. We talked about determining whether you are in a one party consent state where you can actually voice record folks. Mm -hmm. Um, But the biggest thing, you know, which is equally as important in my mind is adopting the motto, the E in email stands for evidence. You want to start weaponizing email. And my book teaches you how to do that. You want to keep track of emails as they are being sent to you. And as you are sending emails, if someone says something verbally to you um, that you feel is going to be important to you as you are building your case, because what you're doing is you're creating an arsenal of weapons. So if Jana comes up to me and she says, you know, Jackie, great job on that presentation you did today. You know, you blew it out of the park. Well, Jana may be my supervisor who just gave me a verbal compliment, right? But then when Alyssa, who's the racist boss, starts attacking me, and because of her influence, she gets Jana to conspire with her and then pulls in Vonda too, and all three of them are conspiring against me. Now, all of a sudden, you know, Jana may say, I never said you did a a great presentation. You know, you're an incompetent employee. We're going to write you up. We're going to give you, uh, put you on a performance plan. So when people tell you things verbally about your performance, never let it sit at that verbal. You want to go back to your office or your desk 
you want to send them a thank you email that says, Jana, thank you for letting me know what a great job I did on that presentation today when I saw you in the hallway. You know, I appreciate your feedback and I'm glad that you were pleased. Now you've got this document that you can now upload. Um, I like Dropbox myself, um, but it sounds like you, your software has the, the capability to take that email and upload mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. The reason it's important is now you've got a record that on this date and time you were performing at your job at a high level. So now you've got tangible proof. But more importantly, as things start to derail in your career and things start to spiral downward as this group of people is now conspiring to paint you as an incompetent employee, you're going to find that things start disappearing. Accesses start being limited. You know, emails that are important to you, you're not going to be able to find anymore. So you want to be collecting these things all as along occurring. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to get that out there. You want to weaponize email. That's going to be a powerful tool in your arsenal. And there are a lot of powerful tools um, that are laid out in, in chronological order in my book. So make sure you take a look at that. So I just wanted to get that in there before we segue to, you know, our mental health. Yeah, that was good, Jackie. No, I'm glad you did. That's super important. Um, and make sure you um, put the link uh, to the book in the chat just so people don't forget that they can, you know, get it through there. Um, okay. And for people who want to do like me, support Jackie rather than the big book company um, who I try not to buy things from if I don't have to, you can always <laughs> reach out to Jackie directly on LinkedIn and she will ship books to you. She'll ship autographed ones, as many as you want. And that way she gets to keep the money instead of the person who definitely don't need the money because he got his workers peeing and pooping in cups and workers dying, dying. Y'all heard about the workers that died last year. Two workers. One had a stroke on the damn job, was saying they didn't feel good, wouldn't let him go home. The other person, they worked them to death. Right. It's just I mean, horrible. So it's disgusting. It's so disgusting. I don't want to give them a penny. So any person um, who's been on my show, um, any person who uh, who I have their books, I know we can all buy from them directly. So make sure you do that um, yes. instead. And so, boom. OK, so with that segue. So we know we got to keep these documentation. Unfortunately, it just is right. We know that we have to navigate these traumatic um experiences but we still have to do what we have to do so let's talk about that mindset and that way to practice right caring for ourselves in the midst of these harmful environments because as women we know that they are going to be harmful right and we know that all of the fields <laughs> other than healthcare and elementary education are led dominated by men so these are unsafe and harmful workplaces how do we care for ourselves? Jana, why don't you get us started on that a little bit? I mean, yeah, it's hard in the, in the middle of those experiences, honestly. I mean, it's so mentally exhausting and time consuming and it takes over your whole, your whole being. Um, I remember when I was um, going through it and realizing how mentally exhausting it was um, I went home one day after, you know, experiencing this for however long. And I thought to myself, like, what, you know, I generally was a very good person about knowing what's going on with my family and friends. Like, how are they doing? I always check in. 
And I, in that moment, realized I had no idea. And I had no idea because throughout the entire day, all I was doing was navigating this individual's personality. And all I was, and which was like this. So for me, it made me like this. I had to change who I was on a daily basis to try to figure out what I could or couldn't do. And so the entire time was just trying to figure out how to stay away from it as much as possible. Um, but it was so time consuming that for me, I just didn't even realize. You just don't even know. I mean, honestly, you don't, lots of times don't realize it until you hit some point of like that moment where I realized I didn't, I have no idea what's going on. And normally I do. Um, and that it made me extremely sad, it, you know, and then it also made me realize the magnitude of what I was going through or experiencing in those, in those moments. Um, so, I mean, I think keeping yourself in check and, and really thinking about some of these things hard, hard. I luckily, and this is not, I feel like for me, I luckily had a really great support system with my family, my immediate family, my parents. Um, I'm single. I, I moved to this when when I was there. I was, I was 35, single. Moved to this job with my dog. Relocated. Have no had no friends and family, which was a, a good target for him on on me um, in that sense. Um, and so I. Uh, I have, but I had a good support system when I was talking to my family about it. So I know that that was extremely lucky and I still felt alone. Yes. So, I mean, it, it, it still felt very lonely, a very lonely space. I still felt so crazy. I felt, I felt a little, it made me feel loony, crazy, really insecure. Cause I wasn't sure if what I was experiencing was real. Um, and so I just think it, you know, mental health is huge, but in those moments, it's really, really hard to determine if you what you should or shouldn't be doing so i don't have like the best advice of but it's just more of like really you know really taking the time to think about like what is your life normally like is it are you are you are you doing diff things differently than you normally would do you, the relationships that you do have you have to talk about it with somebody you have to so hopefully you have at least one person you can talk to even if, there was one point where i ended up going to a therapist throughout it um because I didn't know what to do. Um, so I, I did do that. Um, you know, the exercise, I can't express that enough, even though being just active in some capacity, not about looks, but more about just this up here. Um, but it's still really hard to do when you're in those moments. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think it's a, a really, you have to think about too, how long you want to do it for, you know? I think for me, it was really hard because I, I was like, I can't do this, but I have to have my job, you know, and just, you're going back and forth. And so I think um, you have to think about like, at what point do you have to try to like move to the next step? Like we could document all day long forever, but at what point are we going to do something with that? Um, right. And that's where I feel like um, you have to always be thinking about that and how long you want to do it because you don't want to do it forever either you have to bet on yourself you you do the moment for me was a behavioral change like you i was a very punctual person and i would walk to work because it was close enough and i found myself taking the longest route possible to get to work so i would get there right on time instead of a few minutes early so it lessened the amount of time i was there it lessened the amount of time that i was surrounded by people that were trying to take me down also felt the changes within my body and 
Dana's right. It's and so is Jackie. It's very hard when you're in that moment. And it's yes. slow burn. You don't just wake up one day and go, oh, this horrible thing is happening mm -hmm. to me. Awesome. It gradually happens over time. And by the time you realize it, that's when the depression sets in. It really sets in. And for me, what really unlocked those moments and helped me see the light was sharing with others. Jana, you mentioned that, but, and I've shared this on Living Corporate before. I was so terrified to tell somebody because mm -hmm. I thought what was happening wasn't real or that like I was over-exaggerating like so many of you have mentioned. But what I was met with instead when I shared with allies, like look for the friends, look for the people that support you, to remember who you were before to say, well, what's happening to you is different or you have changed over the course of the past year. Look for those people to tether you so that you can remind yourself of who you are. And then to Dana's point, you have to set an end date of how much you can tolerate of when you need to get out. Because at some point, it's just unhealthy. Nobody wants to get to the point where it's suicidal or homicidal or any of those moments that um, were expressed in Hush Money. I think one of the moments I loved in Hush Money was the ally, the friend, the, the employee that Ebony had. And that's what helped her a lot because she recognized what was going on and kept saying, no, this is bad. This is wrong. And she would tell her things that were happening. As well. Those people do exist. So look for them and, and keep them close. Jack, and, I, and I was going to say, you said in your thing, though, that you had people that were close to you that were that you did reach out to that did opposite. See, I did, I mean, and I understand that to a certain extent of people that just don't necessarily believe, but I don't think to the extent that you have it. Well, and, I, and I'll just clarify. So the, the people closest to me in my circle, it's not that they didn't understand what I was going through because they had their own battles that they were dealing with. It's that they were, they had fear you know, the fear of speaking up, the fear of taking a stand, you know, the fear of making waves and, and being seen and then having their worlds come apart, you know, because a lot of times, uh, at least in my um, circle of family and friends, you know, once we have a job, we want to stay off the grid. We want to stay off the radar. We want to stay in the little box that we built where we feel safe. And we don't want to venture out of that. We don't want to make any waves of any kind. So, you know, the reason they were giving me pushback is because they're saying, you're, you're putting your face on this. Everybody's going to know what happened to you. You're not going to be able to get a job, you know, and so you're, they're giving you all of their fear because in our community, silence has always been the best option. And, and so for me, I said no. Silence is the worst thing that you can do because not only will things not improve for you, but the people that come behind you, the future generations who need to know what they're going to experience when they go into the workplace. If we don't teach them, if we don't tell them what to expect, if we don't empower them, they're not going to be able to survive. And so, you know, you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're on an island by yourself and mm -hmm. you, you feel like you don't have yep. uh, any support. Yep. But I'll, I'll tell you what helped me get through my trauma, you know, because I, I've been on that ledge. You know, I, I tell people right away, I was so messed up behind what they were doing to me. If I could have found a way, and I'm not trying to be funny, 
to kill my boss and get away with it, I would have. Because when someone is taking away your ability to provide for your family and they're dehumanizing you to such a degree where they don't care whether or not you live or die, something snaps inside of you and you want to hurt that person as much as they're hurting you. So I understand, you know, where that comes from. But I also know that in my career, I didn't make it to the point that I'm at today without having some talks with myself to keep me grounded. Even with everything that was going on in my head, all the noise in my head. And so I'll I'll tell you the very first thing that helped me survive the horrific, the horrific trauma that I went through was my faith. I had a lot of faith. You know, um, I am a God-fearing woman and I leaned on my faith to get me through each day. Um, I prayed on my way to work, you know, and I asked God, you know, strap me in the armor of God, you know, form a hedge around me, protect me from these demons at my job that I'm about to go to, you know, that are doing evil against me and doing me harm, protect me from these folks. So that was one way that I kept myself centered is I, I leaned on my faith heavily. Um, But the other thing I did as I was hearing the noise from all the people around me who were saying, no, don't tell people what's happening to you. You're humiliating yourself. You know, people are going to see your face and you're not going to be able to get a job. And, you know, so as all this noise is happening around me, um, I developed a a phrase that I would tell myself and I would just stop for a minute and I would say, "Okay, I know I'm scared. I know I'm going to have to enter this fight, but if I don't fight for me, who will? And and there was something about that phrase, if, if I don't fight for me, who will? That just snapped me back and gave me that little bit of courage that I needed to get me to that next level. Does that make sense? And then, you know, the the last thing that that kept me going um, is this. Yes, there were people in my circle that, you know, were just terrified uh, for what I was doing, you know, that that didn't support what I was doing, you know, out of fear. But like you all have said, there were others who were supportive and who said, you know, speak your truth, you know, speak truth to power. You know, do what you need to do to where you feel good at the end of the day and and you're helping someone else. And then finally, you know, the other thing that kept me grounded is as all these things were happening to me, you know, in my career and I'm documenting like crazy and I'm, you know, collecting, I'm weaponizing email and I'm doing everything I need to do to protect myself. Every time an incident happened and, you know, I would just be, you know, crying my eyes out and on the verge of being hysterical, I would just tell myself, okay, look at the glass half full. What's happening to me is bad, but now I've got one more piece of evidence. I've got one more piece of tangible evidence that I'm going to put in my arsenal. And so 
That's how I kept myself grounded, but still doing what I needed to do. And so, you know what? And I think that that's, that's a great place to end it, right? Because you have to do that. You, and, and it's like, you know, that expression, we have to walk and chew gum at the same time, right? Like we have to keep going. We have to leave this legacy of information and technology and resources so that people are not going to be sharing these same stories as common a year from now and two years from now. I'm not saying that we're going to be able to eliminate all of this terrible behavior because that's going to take years and building out ecosystems of change that are going to have to just permeate throughout all strata of society. So that's a bigger job. But we as women, as black women, as brown women, as non-binary people, as human beings who get treated poorly, discriminatorily, discriminatorily <laughs> in a workplace. I haven't had any caffeine in about no, a week. I know what you mean. I know what okay, you mean. Okay, right? <laughs> we got we to gotta do what we have to do. We have to care for ourselves. We have to be excellent at work. But the other thing that we can do, right, is we can reach out to people because there are people who care. There are people who see what's happening to you. There are people who will help to validate that you are not crazy. You, you, are, you are being gaslit. You are being treated in a way that is wrong. So document and take care of yourself. But at the same time, work on that plan. How long are you going to let yourself be mistreated? How long are you going to let your mental, physical, emotional, psychological, and financial health suffer? Because I'm going to tell you, if you are a woman in the workplace, you are getting paid less than the man doing your exact same job. It is documented. It's happening all across. I don't care if your company says, we have paid transparency. Yeah. And we have paid parity. Yeah. We have paid. They are lying to you. Yes. They will have to show you the documentation. And what I would say is go to next step is an external auditor needs to show and prove it to the employees in a company when they tell you that lie. So you're being mm -hmm. underpaid. So think about it. You're being underpaid, mistreated, undervalued. All of that is affecting your entire health. As my friend Francine Parham says, the economics of advancement, right? When you're being discriminate, discriminated against and have to do all of this. So you do not have to put up for it with it forever. You can document, take care of yourself and make a plan to make this the year that you put caring for yourself and aligning your values in line with your career and your job. Not telling everybody, hey, run out and quit your job and become a CEO tomorrow because that's not what people want to do. But I think what people do want to do is work in safe, fair environments that are not harmful, where they get the opportunity to grow, thrive, learn, and come to work every day without being hurt by people, period. We're not asking for a whole lot. Like my one of my favorite people, RGB, said, just take your foot off our necks. That's mm -hmm. it. We don't want That's anything right. extra. Yeah. We just want to be given the equal opportunity right. to, to, to do our jobs and be happy at work. Mm -hmm. So with that, I want to say thank you, Jackie, Alyssa, 
Jana, thank you so much. Anytime you know, y'all can come back and we can talk about radical change. We can talk about books we're writing. We can talk about things that we are doing to drive radical change. So once again, for everybody out there, thanks for joining the group chat and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Take care. Thank you. Thank you.